What's up, coaches? I know everyone's excited, uh, getting ready to start football, uh, fall fall camp, all that good stuff. I know we're really excited. Uh, right now, though, you guys can, while you're not at practice, uh, go check out our website, runthepower.com. Go sign up for our free standard membership. It's awesome. You still get a lot of good stuff, but we won't update it as much, and you don't get as, as good of access. We've also got a premium membership, which you can pay monthly or save some money and pay yearly. Uh, and we've already had several coaches do that. We've got a lot of really good feedback from that. So you guys go check either of those out. But again, no reason not to go get the uh, free standard membership. It's free. It'll always be free. And we'll still put some good stuff on there and, and uh, have some good information for you guys. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletic programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Visit their website and start a 14-day free trial. And right now, Team Builder is offering coaches a complimentary in-season football strength program uh, as you may recall, New England Patriots squad up to 90% of their one rep max deep into the playoffs. I know that was really big on Twitter uh, last year even. If your in-season strength and conditioning philosophy is just to maintain, uh, then, then we're doing it wrong. Uh, you can get a template once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder. Uh, just reach out to those guys. Tell them you heard it from us, uh, the RTP podcast or Coach Harper, Coach Walls. Uh, go visit them at Team Builder at teambuilder.com, and that's team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode is also brought to you by the always powerful Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their program to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Not reading very well today. Uh, visit SidelinePower.com. Uh, you can email them at info at SidelinePower.com or just give them a call at 800-496-4290. And then last but certainly not least, this episode is brought to you by SkyCoach. SkyCoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. They've got 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium and in any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. To be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. SkyCoach is the market leader in sideline replay. Visit myskycoach.com to learn more. And that is all for the reads. Uh, this episode of the podcast, we talk with Mark Marinelli. Coach Marinelli is the head coach at Eisenhower High School in Goddard, Kansas. Listen as we talk with Coach Marinelli about his football journey throughout Kansas, his coaching philosophy and having an attacking defense and a strong run game, and the many interesting things he likes to do outside of football as a husband and father who enjoys hunting, smoking meat, and grilling fine meats, and watching classic movies like Tombstone and The Big Lebowski. You can follow Coach Marinelli on Twitter at Mark Marinelli. Hope you guys enjoy. 
I'm doing well, man. I'm relaxing. Yeah, yeah. This is this is going to be a fun one. This is one that Coach Harper and I have been looking forward to for a while. So we're, <laughs> we're glad. I hope I don't screw this deal up, man. That's impossible. I don't think I don't think we've had anyone that's ever screwed it up. Trust me. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. That's awesome. Well, Coach, let's go ahead and get it going. I'm excited, man. Um, we'll go Absolutely. ahead and um, so. First off, Ann, why don't you just kind of – what we kind of ask everybody is why don't you talk through our listeners, uh, you know, how you got to where you are now as far as coaching, even through uh, when you are playing days and now uh, coaching at the position that you are now. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, this is, this is year 16 of, uh, of coaching ball and uh, head coach for eight years now. Uh, started off at a, at a really, really, really good 4 ace program here in Kansas uh, at Andale High. I was a coordinator there for four years and lucky enough to coach some unbelievable players and win two state championships. Uh, we won 51 games in those four years. It was an unbelievable time to be a coach. And, you know, a lot of it, all else, all of it had to do with the athletes we had because we had some absolute creatures. And uh, then I took that and uh, the family and I decided we would take, we, we were offered a really good three head job and, Took that for a couple of years and won some playoff games and had some fun and then uh, got lured back home to a brand new high school uh, outside of where, we're, where my, my wife and I grew up and uh, we've been there for five years now at Eisenhower and got a quarterfinal appearance and a semifinal appearance and, and we got things we think we really think we got things going in the right way and uh, we're super super excited about next year being a lot of fun. With players coming back so yeah the short end of the movie well that's, that's awesome coach and and first you know first we heard about you you know you were we were talking through twitter and and you guys still run um what what kind of offense is it i don't want to say it wrong i'm always afraid i'm going to say it say it wrong <laughs> we're we're a flex zone team we we have been for for the last four years and, and i'm really really lucky and i've got a Let me kind of tag along and make sure nobody catches the running backs in space. And, uh, you know, they, they do an unbelievable job. Coach Thurston, Coach Wells, Coach Rathmuller, Coach and, uh, and Gage, those guys do just a phenomenal job for me. And, and they allow me to have very little input, which is probably pretty good for what we do. So, so is that not something that you've always done? Is that just something recently that, that kind of came into your, to your, um, to your team? Well, when I was at when I was at Heston uh, as a head coach, we were we were too tight, one back inside outside zone only. You know, we ran stretch and we ran inside zone, and then we booted off of it and we threw, you know, a lot of quick game. And we had some success there, but we also were we were also pretty darn good up front as far as being able to step laterally and then and then taking good step up field and moving. And our kids really understood inside and outside zone because that's all we ran. And then as a coordinator, we did just about everything. You know, it was kind of an experiment for me because we had phenomenal athletes. All I had to do was just not wreck the boat. You know, I mean, the boat can't float. You know, I and I could kind of pick and choose what we wanted to do. And I worked for a legendary football coach and Coach O'Hare, who 
unbelievable. Just retired a couple of years ago, and I don't know my career to him, but uh, over at Andal, you know, we did, we were in we were in two by two, and we were throwing the ball, and then we would get in three back, you know, move our speed and smash people. And uh, it was just like I said, it was just a laboratory for me to, to experiment with different things because we really couldn't get stuff wrong as long as you know, because we had such great athletes there. Yeah, no so, doubt. Yeah, we. Then we came to Eisenhower and five uh, A football it was a little bit different for us, and we struggled up front a little bit for a while, and then we we kind of went to went a lot of midline and veer and outside veer, and now we've kind of developed a little bit better have two, so now it's kind of the best of both worlds. We can do a lot of different things out of that, you know, standard two by two flex phone set. Yeah, what have say, you, uh, go ahead, Walls. I was just going to say, what have you guys found to kind of be some of your, your top schemes uh, in the flex bone? Because I know there's there's a bunch of different flavors for it. I mean, would you guys consider yourself more of an of an option team as far as like a triple option team, or would you guys consider yourself maybe more of a QB run team? You know, do you have to well, take away the fullback? What, what are some of your guys' bread and butter stuff? It, it really just depends on what we've got. And, you know, on the field at the time, you know, I mean, you know, what kind of kids we got. Our quarterback last year was, was third in 5A in rushing. He put yards on the ground and threw for another 650. And, and he, he's coming back. And we ran a ton of midline double with him uh, because he's such an explosive athlete. And, and we could get a lot of, lot of blockers to the point of attack and actually get one. We usually try to get plus one up to the free safety. And uh, that kid just made great plays. And we've got a fullback who's started for us since he's a freshman. You know, he's, he's just a junior. He's extremely good. And we, we've kind of gone away from inside veer. You know, and, and really we run a lot of midline double and midline triple. And then we, we also run a lot of outside veer uh, because we see a lot, of, a lot of odd front teams that we feel like we can read that nine a little bit better with the off, off the double off outside veer. And then we also, but when it's, when it's when it's three yards and we gotta we gotta get a first down or we gotta punch it in. We're, we run a ton of ISO and power game too, where we're just gonna line up and we're gonna get after you. Um, and we had an exchange like last year. We we ran for about four thousand yards, and uh, we bring all we bring just about all those guys. We lose one really good back, and everybody else is coming back, so we're excited for that. So man, we don't, we're not the typical flex team. You know, because we're not running inside veer and we're always blocking the scrape of linebacker. We're going to mix it up quite a bit. And, and then also, we also get in the trips a lot, you know, and, and kind of pick and choose when we want to throw the ball out of trips and kind of read the overhang and things like that. So we've kind of evolved. You know, I like to tell my guys the box doesn't exist. Game plan, you know, think outside and, and see what we can do. Are there many teams in your, in, uh, and is it 5A, right? Is, is there many teams in 5A that are running that kind of offense, or are you guys one of, maybe one of the only few? There, there's one on the other side of the state, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, whose head coach was, uh, was, came from Hutch. His name was Randy Dryling. He, he won seven straight running it. So they're pretty darn good at it, too. Uh, sure. And then on, on, on the our side of 5A, on the west side, one other team, and they've kind of they've kind of started to go away from it. And and like I tell our guys, you know, 
if we're the only team in 5A West that's running it, that's an advantage for us. You know, I mean, it, it's it, because we do feel like something you've got to – if we're right. on your schedule, you, you're repping it every week. Yeah, it's a the my first flavor or my first I should say uh taste of it was when I was in Nebraska and uh <clears throat> God, I always forget that. I think pretty sure it was Millard North. Uh Millard North was running with Fred Petito and and of course the the guy they had running it was Eric Crouch. Um it turned out he, to be pretty good. He was <laughs> pretty he was he was pretty good at it. I believe he's got a, a Heisman trophy in the, in the case, but you know, listen to him at a, a couple of coaches clinics talk about you know, different things that they had done. Uh, I, I really loved it just for the simple fact because I thought I thought in short yardage it was so good. You know, some of the, the Q run stuff they had, you know, the, the wall series they had, the, the Q follow stuff. And then you watch some of, the t- some of the teams like, you know, Georgia Tech and, and some of the service academies. To me, I mean, it's something like that. They're all geared up to stop the dive and then you're hitting it off tackle and, the, you know, the, the pitchback is leading for the quarterback to me. I just love those plays because I always thought, you know, in short yardage situations, it was about impossible to stop, it seemed like. Yeah, we, we, we run some things that, that, that really look, you know, with our quarterback, you know, in short yardage, you know, the lead stuff you know, that looks. And teams have got to honor as soon as they see mesh. Yeah. You know, they've got to fit right now, you know, if they're going to be successful against us. And, and one of the things that I like, too, I like to see our lineman with tight knuckles, you know, and getting ready to come off the ball, you yeah. know, and just get after people. I think that, you know, I mean, I was a zone guy for a long time. I love zone. We still we use a lot of zone principles in our office too. But yeah, I think there's something to be said about you know a kid who's got tight knuckles and he's ready to come off the ball as hard as he can. And I, our kids thrive. And it's taken a while to, for them to embrace that idea. But uh, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. I was about to say that's that's where I wanted to go out of high school. I wanted to go to Georgia Tech because I always thought it was so cool to be able to put <laughs> a lot of weight on your hand and roll off the ball on guys. I've always Absolutely. thought that was that was fun. <laughs> I mean, as an offensive lineman, that's got to be what you want to do. Uh, to me, anyways, that was always uh, really cool to to do. And that's kind of not necessarily that extreme, but a little bit how I've got my offensive line uh, stances. I'm a lot heavier than most uh, pro-style offensive offensive line coaches would want their guys to be. I know I was always taught, um, other than by my dad, who used to run, I want to say wishbone maybe, but um, I was always taught like 50-50 stance. You should be able to pick up your hand, and, and I don't coach that. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, more weight on your hand than on your feet and maybe it gets us in trouble sometimes but I just think it just allows your offensive line to have that mentality that you want your offensive line to have absolutely and I, and I think that's so important you know and I for a long time you know as a head guy I coached the offensive line and then I got smart and we hired Thurston and he's done a phenomenal job but so that's one thing that I, I I want to take a lot of pride in is that mentality of that, of that group, you know. And and in the last couple of years, we've done a really good job of fostering that group relationship. You know, um, our offensive linemen get their own T-shirts and they do competitions by themselves all year. You know, so uh, you know, last year they did T-shirts that just said "Goon" on it. You know, and we we want them we want that awesome and and we want them to think that you know the reason why we win games and it, and it is, it's not something that we have to do. 
convince them. But the reason why we win games, the reason why we run for 400 is those guys up front. We have special athletes. It's those guys who are moving people, you know, and, and moving people against their will. And, and, and you know, I, I that's one thing that I love about how we run our offense and, you know, how you guys run your offense too because I've watched some of your film is, is coming off the ball. It's just such a great thing. You know, I, don't, I think it's a, it's one of those things that you got to be great at. It is, and it, and it sets a tone against teams. You know, it, it's any team that watches you play, hopefully watches us play, and, and obviously watches you guys play is, is they, they think all week, hey, we've got, a, we've got a big game ahead of us. We're going to be hurting on Saturdays. Whether we win, lose, or draw, we know that Saturday we're going to be sore coming into, into uh, um, training. So uh, we always take a little bit of pride with that, and I'm, as I'm sure you guys do too, Coach. But um, one of the things you touched on, which is kind of why I was asking the question, is you guys being one of the only teams running it really on your side of the state in 5A is exactly like you said, you become the only book on the shelf, which is, is kind of what we are at, at Broken Arrow as well, not the same offense, but no one else is running much 21 or 22 personnel. Sure. And so when teams see that, just like with your offense, if teams – if they're not seeing it, uh, but once a year, it's something that either they've got to focus on it all year or um, they've got a lot to stuff in one week. I know uh, when I was leaving Houston, Navy got put into the same conference. And um, from all my buddies that were still there said they would work like one day a week starting in spring ball would be, uh, you know, Navy week or Navy day per week or per, I don't know, whatever it was. Maybe it was one five periods or whatever, three periods, but they were working it all throughout the year because you can't just put in something to stop that offense that you're not ready for at all, that nobody else uh, runs that, especially in that conference, it was everyone else was running spread. Then now all of a sudden Navy's running this completely different. Yeah. We, we, we think it's a huge advantage. You know, I mean, if, if teams have a great understanding of what we do and how we do it, if they're going to, um, because you know, I just I just don't think you can you can replicate exactly what you're trying to do what we're trying to do in one week. You know, especially the little nuances and, and you know the difference between inside and outside sphere and how do you play those two different things and you know uh, I, I think that gives us a huge advantage as far as you know a step up. Now it also it's a little bit funky also for the preparation on our side too because. We might we might work all week on odd stack, you know, and single high safety, and we might get you know four threes, two high rotation. You know, it's 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 kind of a double edged sword because we're not going to see a lot of the same defense we prepared for on film. Right. Uh, my my coaches do a phenomenal job of getting our kids prepared, but that first series, you know, after we've you know hopefully gotten a stop and, and or kicked off and got a stop and you know. There's a lot of communication on that offensive side of the ball, <laughs> what we're getting, what we're seeing. And what we're they in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's, did we get a three-tick to the field? You know, where, you know it, there's a lot of going on on those guys. On that so it's, it's a little bit challenging on that side or that fact, but at the same time, you know, I, I do feel like the, the advantages for us outweigh any kind of negatives for us. Uh, those are one of the things I've learned at, at New Mexico. Obviously, they're a, a triple team, more of a, of a zone triple team. But, I mean, they'd broken it down into the, to the simplest form. You know, hey, they're, they're either going to play one high or two high. 
They're going to play odd. They're going to play, you know, a, a stack box, like a four, four, or sorry, a, a split box, or they're going to play a stack box, like a, a hip four, three. So they've broken it down into just kind of those three basic looks. And then what are they going to do with the safeties? And, and from there, that's kind of how they, they taught it to the kids and the kids knew the rules based on those three most basic fronts. So, and we just, we just got done discussing that last night at staff meeting. You know, I, we brought the office staff in before the defensive staff last night. And that was one of the things was, was, uh, you know, what's the best way to teach our quarterback how to identify different things. And, and that's what we were talking about last night, you know, is how do we make it as simple as possible for this, for our guys to get up there and identify, you know, what the defense is and what the safeties are doing, what's the easiest way to do that. Cause I do think, you know, I think as coaches, you know, I tell our guys all the time in, in staff meetings, is, is you can't chase ghosts. Because when you start chasing ghosts, then you make things extremely complicated and it just screws the kids into the ground. Yeah. And that's one of the things we're always looking for in the off season is, you know, how are guys teaching? You know, not exactly, not, not always looking at the game, but how are they teaching their kids? You know, how are they getting guys to understand exactly where to go with the football? whether it be throwing it or running it, you know, how do they, how do they communicate that? How do they teach? I think that's the, that's the really hidden, I think the scheme thing is great, but how guys teach is what we're really after. It's just finding a better way to do that. That was the cool thing about going down there. I mean, we, we didn't run a, a ton of, of option last year simply for the fact that, you know, we, we were going to lose all of our quarterbacks if we kept doing it. But, uh, I mean, for, for me it was awesome just because uh, – I want to learn as much football as I can. And, you know, for the simple fact, all of a sudden now, if I am a head coach and I run into a team that run sure. option runs option, I have a better understanding of, of how to stop it. You know, don't play man to man against option teams. You're going to get ripped. You know I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's simple stuff like that that they figure out. And that's, that's kind of what they would use. It's like, Hey man, they're, they're not going to play man against us. We know we're going to get cover two. We know we're going to get cover three you know, almost, almost all the time. So they're kind of like, we, we eliminate some of the, the looks that a lot of other offenses might get. So in all honesty, people think, you know, people think it's going to be all these crazy things. Yeah. There may be some crazy stunts, some crazy alignments, but from what, what they figured out was it actually lessened the number of, of defenses and looks that they saw because people couldn't practice how to be sound against the option. If you're running six defenses. And we, we, we really don't see a lot of – I mean, we're going to see probably two, two maybe three fronts. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, because more than that, you're really going to stress your kids and, and, and yeah. fall out of assignment, you know. And New Mexico does some phenomenal stuff. I think we have all of their film from mm-hmm. last year, you know. And I mean, because we want, I wanted to see what they were doing. You know, I, I, yeah. we watched the Wyoming game, and they're like every three touches, you know, they're scoring. <laughs> couple of years ago it was unbelievable and so we we got a hold of a bunch of their tape and they do run some great stuff uh you know they i mean a ton a ton of different looks and a ton of different you know motions and it, it is it's really intriguing stuff how they've how they've cleared it and i can i'm jealous that you got to go down there and see how they install and teach stuff because that's that's to me the intriguing part of how they do it because they run a ton of stuff i mean as far as motions and all the, yeah. the window dressing yeah, it, it was like I said. It, it was a it was a fun two days, you know. And, and I hadn't been in Albuquerque. Albuquerque's a cool place, you know. Not a lot of people think, oh, hey, New Mexico, what a great place to go. Seriously, it's it's beautiful area. 
um, the coaches were, were super open to, to all those things, but I learned a ton of ball, you know, being That's able awesome. to, to, to spend the time down there with those guys. And it's like you said, I mean, they, they went in depth. Um, they practiced on that Friday, you know, when we came in on Saturday, we were the only coaches there. Those guys came in on a Saturday, you know, they didn't have to do that. They got families, they got stuff going on, but those guys came in on Saturday morning and they're like, Hey, you guys flew all the way down from Iowa. You know, what do you guys want to see? And we got to sit there with them for six hours and they basically just showed us how to in, uh, showed us how to install everything they do. And they're like, dude, we're, we ain't reinventing the wheel. It's, it's option football. <laughs> we're going to line up and <laughs> we're going to do what we do. And hopefully, you know, we can, we can gain some yards, but, I mean, I, I thought it was awesome. I think it, it's so cool when, when coaches are able to do that. You know, that's one of the reasons we started the podcast. But, I mean, I, I just think, you know, getting good at, at what you do option-wise, I, I think it really, really stresses a defense. And you would see a couple of teams that they played uh, that would try to do, you know, exotic, crazy, funky stuff that they hadn't done, and they just get gashed. And they, you know, they don't have an answer. They're they're trying to blitz and trying to, to stunt into plays, and all of a sudden now they're they're done. You know, they're just pulling straws. Yeah, you know the 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 the, the trying to blitz with motion thing. You know, I, I, we 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 see that once in a while. But our motion, you know, our try, we try to get our motion as fast as possible. So you know, it's it's almost. You know, you might, it might, it's one of those things you might get them once, you might get us once, but yeah, you know, there's a big chance of us breaking a bigger play because you're guessing wrong, you know, than, than it is than just, you know, reading your blocks and, and, and fitting where you need to. Well, that, that was going to be my other question, coach, because we run into the same thing while we're talking about, um, you know, you watch whatever we get, two or three films from the team before, and those three teams we get, they're all in 10 personnel, 11 personnel. Now all of a sudden we're a heavy 21-22 and they're going to come out in a completely different defense. Maybe not completely different, but the front's going to be different. They're going to have a lot of different answers. So we've had to start basically giving a little bit of what they show from the from the few weeks before, but honestly an inside and in team throwing a, you know the, the major defensive fronts that we think we could see um, just out of a guess, just out of what's sound to get them prepared for that. I'm kind of curious – what are you guys doing in practice knowing, hey, the last two films we had is 10 personnel. There's no way they're lining up with that. How do you guys uh, – what do you guys practice against in practice for that? Well, you know, we're, we're going to practice against an odd front. We're going to practice against an even front. But then we're, we're going to try to also – you know, we're also going to try to dictate some things, you know. Like when we put a tight end in the game, you know, we can guarantee we're going to get maybe one or two different things that our kids will understand right away with a tight end. But, you know, we, we we really try to pare it down. And, and uh, one of the good things is that our league has been around for a while. We've got really good coaches there. So we're going to have a pretty good idea of, of how – if they've been successful in the past, what have they done? Mm-hmm. Have they not done that? If, have they gone away from it? And, and honestly, for me, and I'm kind of getting into how we look at things, I, I look at a lot of how – what we're going to get or how we're going to – or what we're going to see is from the back end. Because I think that, you know, the coverage to me dictates so much in the option game as far yeah. as who's going to, you know, how are they going to play pitch and how are they going to run, are they going to run quarterback to pitch? So really, teams might get exotic inside the box and they, and they might have pieces different, but structurally in the back end, you know, we're going to usually get 
that piece of the puzzle a little bit better. Now, are we going to get to read? No, we're not going to see Palms coverage, you know, against our stuff. But we can get an idea, you know, of, of, of who their run support guys are and who their best run support guys are because teams aren't going to go away from that. You know, if they've got if, – if they've built their team in quarters, then we know the safeties are their run support guys. They might mm-hmm. play Palms against spread teams, and they might play some two deep, some traditional two deep, but we know the safeties are going to be their guys. So we might see a whole different mess in the box, but we can still predict pretty well from what we see from the back end. Oh wow! So that so that that yep. to me is, is is a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, just because I think, and we we do the same thing on defense. I mean, we build everything from the back up. You know, because the coverage to me is is the most important deal. The coverage is going to set your front and set, you know, where your run support is. So we can get a pretty good idea. Now, in practice, you know, I mean, we 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 two platoons. So our O line, you know, when they're working indies, and they might have you know three or four indie periods, you know, of short ones in there where they're going to work a whole bunch of different combinations and they're going to work a whole lot of different calls. Um, so our kids are prepared, and Coach Thurston and like us does a phenomenal job about that. You know, because we can we can we can tweak where where we want the backs to do, but those guys up front have got to have an idea of what's going on. You know, first and foremost. So we go to inside drill. We're going to try and look at what they've done. You know, um, based off the film we have. You know, or do they do they want to play four down or are they a three down team? And then we're going to throw in some stuff also. You know, our best case, you know, or our best idea of what they want to do. And then I think sometimes some of the things we have to do too is, is we have to look at ourselves when we self-scout and, and see what are we really successful on. You know, well, midline double, our quarterbacks, you know, he ran for 260 last week. How do you see midline double off how they play their front? You know, well, so we've kind of got to think outside, outside our own you know, our own offense and kind of get into their mind a little bit to try and figure out how we look at this and how we're going to block things. Coach, what do, are you some- guys, do you guys um, – do you flip your line at all? Do you have a strong and a quick side, or are you just right and no, left side? No, we're right and left. We're right and left. We used I used to do that, you know, way back in the uh, – well, I mean, not way back, but six or seven years ago. We used to do that because I did that when I was at Andale. Uh, but, no, we've got a left and a right side. Okay, because we've that's been the other big intriguing thing that I've kind of halfway gotten talked into by um, the other offensive line coach at Broken Arrow. He's uh, he played. His dad was the head coach at at Pitt State, uh, Chuck Broyles, and they ran. Oh, absolutely. Two yeah, back, yeah, absolutely. Two back veer, and so absolutely. his dad was doing that, and they had a strong and a quick, and so yep. You know, it's always what he talked about, and and. Uh, you know, it just always to me it was like, well, just so simple. Defense will know what you're running, but they really won't because you can run some stuff to the quick. You run different stuff to the strong side, and then by the time they're looking at all of that and which side you're lined up, it's a lot of thinking by the defense. And just a couple of them run the wrong way. You know, a couple of strong plays ran to the quick, and it really messes them up. So uh, we dabbled a little bit in that last year, and and it kind of worked out well for us. And and I kind of just went with. Um, I didn't even always tell people we were doing it. Sometimes I just say, hey, go to the left, go go to our power side every time. So uh, not everyone always was in the know about it, but I kind of took it a little bit from um, Coach Trimble Walls, which uh, you guys always said, he said that uh, we have, um, oh, what's it called? For a reason. We've got 
Tendencies. Tendencies, yeah, tendencies. You know, we got tendencies for reasons because it works. So they knew our two big Absolutely. dudes were really power at them and, and our good pulling guard was, you know, even if they knew it, uh, it's a tendency for reasons because we're, we're good at it. So we've gotten into that a little bit. So I was just kind of curious, you know, how much yeah, you know, we've when, done it or not. When we did it, when we did it at Andale, you know, we, we had a, we had a big side and a quick side and uh, you know, we were, we were, we would mix it up uh, when it came, you know, I mean, you know, our tendency was we were going to run outside zone to the quick side and then we were going to block, you know, power in ISO, you know, to the big side. You know, but we also, one of the things that helped us at Andale when we did that was our cadence was extremely fast. Hmm. You know, we, and we, and we timed our kids at Andale. They had five seconds from when we broke the huddle to get set and the ball had to be snapped. So we were trying to take away, you know, if, if our big side almost, and, and all of our formations, our big side went to the left unless we tagged it right. Hmm. You know, so we were trying to take away a lot of those tendencies by by teams understanding that we're going to snap the ball under five seconds when we break the huddle. You know, because if they're jumping around and we're running ISO at you, that's even better. Because sure. now we're going to get you on your heels right to begin with. Um, so we we were able to take away some of those some of those things by going quick. You know, not no huddle. We take our time in the huddle, but we were going to break the huddle and then we we put them on the clock. On Thursdays and pre in in our pregame practices, you know, we our our online coach had a stopwatch. We were timed, and if they weren't, you know, they were. It was one of those things we were we were going to break the line. We we're going to get there fast. We we're going to get set, to snap the ball, and get after people. So That's yeah, awesome. and, and I and you know I I kind of have started focusing more on the defensive side of things. It's really really been a lot of fun, but. I tell our offensive guys all the time is, you know, sometimes we overestimate the power of the defensive mind. Right. You know, I mean, you know, you, you, you got all these checks. Well, they're, they're looking at stuff too. I mean, they're, they're not just sitting there and reacting off of you. They've got a coach that's telling them what to do and they're trying to check and they're doing things. And they're communicating because every defense coordinator in the world says, I want my defense to talk to each other possible. I'm doing that. It's hard to understand what the office is doing too. So uh, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of of just lining up, and if they know where we're going, that's great for them. But chances are, we're going to break some tendencies once in a while and get them. You know, because don't overestimate what those guys are or underestimate overestimate what they're doing over there. I I couldn't agree more. And Harper had said it. But my the year I was coaching O line at Jenks, we went undefeated. We won it. Now. We didn't start off very good, but we had heavy tendencies. We were running inside zone to the left because I had a bigger right side, so I'd get more push on that backside combo. And then we were running power to the right side, right? Same same principles. Bigger double team. My my left side was a little bit smaller, more athletic, better pullers, better pass protectors. So, you know, a little bit more L protection, all those things. Now, that was early in the year, and I knew that. I knew those tendencies. Other teams were going to know those tendencies. But come later on in the year, as my guys got more athletic, as my guys got more confidence, more experience, I could start playing more guys, flipping guys and moving them. Now, once we hit the playoffs, we were rolling because we had we could go both directions. And we'd had all these tendencies, and, and D coordinators were building their game plan around those tendencies. Well, I knew those things. And, and Coach Maddox did a fantastic job breaking tendencies you know, I had different things to break tendencies, and honestly, I think we played our best football 
in the playoffs, which is what we wanted anyway. We knew we were going to be good enough on defense to stop people. We just needed to continue to get better at what we needed to. And Coach Trimble is all about, hey, yeah, keep building up those tendencies and they just have things ready to strike. And we did. Absolutely. And, you know, there's simple ways that you can change a whole bunch of different, you know, wide trade. We, we do a ton of wide trade. And that, that, that changes that whole complexion of the deal, too. You know, and, and moving guys around and, you, you know, you shift the tight end over and all of a sudden now you got the defense wondering what's going on. It's one of the things we did when we were, you know, we had a strong side and a quick side. Now what are they doing? Because now, you're, you know, if you had a tight end all the time on your big side now, what are they going to do? You know, and there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways where that system works really, really well. You know, but yeah, it was, that was good times, man. That was a lot of fun coaching those guys when we were doing that. We started last year. We've we've done it a little bit before, but we started doing it heavily last year. Y trade and then a Y and H trade, flipping the whole thing, or going from I left to back to I right with you know putting the fullback up on tight end, tight end back to fullback, and and I completely agree. At least with with tight end trade, even if you can't do all the other stuff, at least with tight end trade, it just puts so much more stress. It seems like on a defense because, like you said, now the D line's got to talk, linebackers got to talk. It's just uh, such a different thing. And then especially you start trading and then you motion a receiver to the other side and, and you know, it just, it's so much stuff going on and it's for us a really simple tag to get that done. Absolutely. It's, it's, we were talking about it last night at staff meeting too. It, it's, it's a very cheap, inexpensive thing that makes the defense that, ha- that, that especially if a defense knows that they're going to see wide trade, it really messes with them. It messes with us because we've got strong side run fits that we've worked all week. And now all of a sudden, I'm not going to take my strong side, my strong nine and flip him all the way across. Right. You know, now my, now my, my, <laughs> my weak side backers have got to play strong side fit. You know, and the other thing is, is if, if you've got a killer at shade, you know, I can't read that kid on midline, but if I was trained to Y, he better go to a three or you better play under. And now, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of different things. And I don't, I don't, we, I don't know about you guys, but we don't see a ton of white trade. You know, I mean, we just don't see a lot of it on film. And we love it. You know, we, we love doing it to people. Just because of that thing is all of a sudden now, you know, what are you going to do with the three technique? You know, is he going to be the shade? Is he going to be, are they going to reduce? Are they going to try to flip? You know, how are they going to play this game? And, uh, that's a great thing, I think. Not, not, not a lot of people do it. The other thing that's a nightmare, like you said, is is trading that tight end over to an already clean surface. You know, now what do you do with that overhang player over two? You know, does he reduce some play a loose nine, or does he stay over two and play and worry about bubble and the RPO stuff? You know, that that kid that put that puts them on a ton of different conflicts. I, I do, like I said, I, I think white trades a great thing. Well, and that's I, exactly right. Go ahead, Walls. I was going to say, I mean, you, got, you guys, you know, one being an option team and then Harper being, you know, a, a little bit heavier personnel set team. You know, you see some of these, these spread teams. Like, you know, again, I, I go back to Coach Frost because I was there, and he talked about them trying to motion and move more as well. He said they found that they were worse on, like, P10, coming off the sideline. The first play of the drive, they'd gotten worse. They, they felt like they'd gotten stagnant. He said the same thing. He's like, we needed to shift more and we needed to motion more because he felt like, you know, we're such an up-tempo team. 
you know, the, the referee was standing over the ball or waiting for the TV timeout to get there and the defense could get all lined up and know, you know, by their tendencies, because they weren't going fast, they knew what the play was. So he yep. felt now they came off the sideline, they do the same thing. And all of a sudden now they get into a bunch set and they shift or they, they motion and they move a guy. So they, they'd have those things coming off the sideline. So, dude, any, any offense can use it. It doesn't just have to be, you know. Heavy, heavy set teams, option teams. I mean, anyone could be doing this stuff and utilizing it. And now, hey, you hit a big play because the defense hasn't practiced, it hasn't aligned one time. Now you can get into your up-tempo stuff. And, and, and the thing that, that you know, we got to remember, too, is, is, you know, we're trying to get an advantage against those kids over there. You know, they're not getting paid to do this. They, they don't necessarily know everything that that coach knows that's trying to teach them. Exactly. So shifts and and motions and and wide trade at a defense, and and, you know that puts a ton of stress on those guys. You got to beat. You know, I don't have to beat the guy across the field. I got to figure out a way from my eleven to beat those Mm eleven. You know, and I think I think doing things like that and and moving different guys and getting you know it puts the stress on them to make an adjust for them to make the adjustment on the field now. Obviously, when they come off the field, they're going to see it on the TV and they're going to get things trying to figure out because they're getting paid too. But, you know, I mean, I think it's a huge advantage when you start moving pieces in the puzzle. No, no doubt. And, and you don't – I think – people and, and me especially at times you don't think about that nearly enough you think oh uh, that coach is going to be ready for this this and this and you got to remember no it's 16 17 8 year old kids that, that you've got to have your kids more prepared than them not necessarily the coach and then um, I was going to say the, one of my other favorite trades we do quite a few of them but one of my other favorites is you get in like I right and then you trade your tackle over to the left so now you're in like uh, heavy I left with a tight end on the backside that's still technically eligible can run power pass to him or you can run power to a, a heavy side so that's been one of my favorites this last year that we just put in and and like you said I think it just makes the defense think now is that linebacker smart enough or, or whoever that's supposed to cover the tight end are they smart enough to not cover the tackle because he's covered when he flipped over and are they smart enough to cover the backside tight end that now looks like a tackle so a lot of cool things that you can do and then also, if you get a coach that's a defensive coach that's too smart, you know, now they're spending an hour of their practice time that week leading up to you guys practicing all your shifts and motions and, and different things and, and less time working on plays or fundamentals or other things they'd like to be working on with their players. Oh, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the game. You know, the, as far as the coaching part of it is, is you know, you know there will be times where you – know, <laughs> We'll line up and empty, you know, and, and just just to make sure we've got two or three things on film on empty, you know, so that I know, especially if I'm coaching against a friend of mine, you know, that I, I know it. on Tuesday, on team period, he's practicing empty, you know. We might not run it, but, but we're going to throw some things out there to put it on film, you know, and, you know, especially in our league is a little because all of us kind of came up together. Um, it's a pretty young head coaching deal. I don't know if I'm quite as young as I used to be, but you know, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're all pretty tight about that stuff. So I might throw some stuff in, and, you know, Coach Armstrong and Andover, we play them, and you know, he might send me a text and, you know, really empty? <laughs> hey, man, 
The box doesn't exist. We're going to do what we do. Better better prepare for it, baby. That's right, man. You better be ready for it. I, I wish, I mean, I, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's just uncanny. You know, the stuff, the stuff that you know about other coaches, especially if you have some inside info, you know, I, there's, there's games I'd come out and I'd throw every down in 22 personnel. You know, there's times you come out and, and you play some empty and maybe you have a couple of QB runs and they're like, where the heck was this coming from? I mean, you, you got to have the ability to do all those things, I think. And to me, that's half the fun of coaching and the kids love it too. You know, they, they see something different. They, they get jacked up about it. You know, there, there's some things that they know are going to work. I, I just think it's, it's part of the fun of coaching. Yeah, when you're in, when you're in the offensive meeting room and, and you're talking to your kids and you're telling them, hey, you know, this is why we ran this last week and so we can set this up against these guys because we know they're going to work on this. You know, they, our kids buy into that. They love that part of the, of the game. And, they, and I think kids in general, you know, they, they love to be – part of that insight of the of this of the chess match and of the of how the pieces are coming together you know it's not it's not just like it used to be where you know we're getting coached and why are we doing that well that's how we do things you know don't ask questions just don't step to the left (laughs) i think kids really get into that part of it you know they want our kids to have that bond you know we want them to be you know intelligent and, and have a knack and a love for the game and I think some of that comes letting down your guard a little bit and letting them ask some questions and, and you better know the answers if your kids are asking questions I'll tell you that <laughs> that's right hey coach you, are you guys allowed to cut um in games are you guys allowed to cut we are level not. Or? no really we can't cut we talk about it all the time you know we want these guys and uh, this is the outside knee pad of a guy when we pitch the ball on midline triple. You know, that'd be a lot of fun. No, but no, our, our association doesn't allow us to do it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things they don't allow us to do. So you know, I, I gotta be careful. I gotta be careful that deal. That's right. Well, it, it's definitely unfortunate. I, I really like the way that um, we, we're not allowed to cut downfield at all. We can cut in the first two steps, but no pass cutting and no, no cutting after like two steps. But I've always thought Texas kind of had it figured out, just whatever. Uh, but, but then I guess they, those guys don't have a job necessarily, but they just say, okay, whatever the college is, is doing, college level, it's good enough for us. We'll just roll with that. So I've always thought that was a pretty, pretty cool, pretty easy idea to, to go with. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. But then, then again, you know, that's above my program. Sure. Coach, yeah, and then the other big question was, how do you guys, you know, obviously in Oklahoma we and then everywhere, I think, there's a lot of seven-on-seven, seven, either in the offseason or in the summer. But uh, how do you guys roll with seven-on-seven? Seven? Are you doing the same uh, same as your offense, or do you guys try to spread it out a little well, bit more? Or no. What do you guys do? We have, we have some formations where we'll get in, in traditional two-by-two. You know, or three by one set, but but and we use seven on seven. Obviously, is a huge tool for our defense. Yes, but we use it also, and we've got a huge emphasis on it this off season of of getting better at their three step game. Tournament. 
anything like that, you know, but we're going to, to get better at running, you know, our formations and getting back in the quick game. And, you know, we're running two-man snag and three-man snag just like everybody else is, but it's going to look a little bit different at the beginning. So, you know, we still do all those things. Well, that was that was also the big question for me. Uh, was how much? How do you uh, in spring or in going into the season when you're practicing against your defense, trying to get them better? Obviously, you guys are the the one team that's or one of two teams that are running this offense. So, how do you get your defense the practice that they need for the offense they're going to see? Well, we, we our one. I mean, just like you guys, our one service, our one. You know, and, and so. Um, you know, it doesn't. When we're playing in the first week of the summer, you know, we're, we're going to work against ourselves. Now, that's that's tough for my for our offense because our defense knows how to fit right now. You know, if they if they see just a flash of gear, you know, the backers are scraping, the guys are fitting. So we have to get, we have to get pretty creative on the offense side of the ball to move the ball against our defense. But when it comes to you know when it comes to you know, simulating another team's offense. We, we haven't had much trouble with it, you know, especially with the amount of quarterback run game because our kid's already a great runner. Hmm. You know, I mean, sure. we, we can simulate zone read. We can simulate, you know, uh, power read. You know, we, we can we can do more defensive work with that because our kid's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good runner, but it is a little bit different. You know, it is a little bit more challenging for our kids up front to understand. Like, you know, like I said earlier, we do have a lot of zone principles. You know, it's better, um, but it is a little bit more challenging for our guys up front to to switch gears sure. and go to we're going to zone step left. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to go outside zone, we're going to drop step and pull overtake. You know, that's a little bit more challenging for us as far as showing the defense what they need to see, especially in front. Coach, what have you guys kind of gone to then uh, defensively? Let me be shift gears a little bit here. Are you, are you pretty much a, a multiple front team? You know, what, what, are, you kinda, what are you guys kind of rolling with? We, we're, we're a three-down team, but we play – we play some four men. We play some some traditional four three looks. You know, we'll play over, we'll play under. You know, um, you know, but you know, I spoke at a clinic a couple weeks ago, and somebody asked me what we did, and I was like, "Well, we play defense." You know, we we're not. <laughs> I'm not going to say we're a stack team. Or I I love team. the answer. You know, we we just want to play defense, and we're going to change it up based off what we're seeing every week, and you know. Uh, you know, we, we run a ton of different coverages. One of the things that we believe in is we, we really believe in man, in man coverage, getting up and pressing people and bumping and running. But at the same time, uh, we, we're, we, the first coverage we teach man free after that. Catch all for the summer. When we scrimmage other teams, if they come out and something we haven't seen, four by one or, or empty, unbalanced, we can get in man free and balance up and play and still be sound. So defensively, like I said, we, we're all over the place. You know, we're going to play a bunch of different fronts, um, and we're going to play a bunch of different coverages um, to try and get our kids as, a, as a, a much of an advantage as possible. 
So I love that answer. I mean, it always always drives me nuts. I, mean, I think it, any side, if somebody you know pigeonholes themselves, well, I'm this system. Cool. Do you have those kids every single year? Uh, it must yeah, be cool. You know, to, it must be cool to have that. You know, I mean, that's what people would ask me. What do you do? Well, I run the ball and I throw the ball and I get the ball to my best players. <laughs> yeah, it's about that's my offense. And keeping teams off, you know, and it's, that's all it's about. You know, it's so. Yeah, I think you do a disservice if you say, you know, this is who we are, you know, period. I think there's a, there's a point to that. You know, you guys are a power run team. We're an option team. But at the same time, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be flexible, especially yeah. on defense. If you're not flexible on – Coach Gaylor and I were talking about this the other day. If you're not flexible on defense, your offense better be able to score 50 points a game. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you. I if say that. we line up. If we lined up in, in, in our in our oaky front, zeros and fours, and we played that every down, we would get gassed. You're gonna it get killed. Be, it would be bloodbath. You know, it, our our offense better score forty five or fifty a game if we're gonna do that. You know, and, and so I think on on the defensive side of the ball, you have to be flexible, especially up front and and in coverages. You have to be able to tag things and you have to be able to take things away. And, and one of the things that we – I'm really proud of our, our secondary coaches, you know, Coach Harden and Coach Espinosa is, you know, they take our coverages and they combine them. So, hey, this might be this, – this, to you this is and to you this is black and this is orange. But it's all the, it's all techniques you already know. Mm-hmm. And so it's simple things that allows us to try and, and, and really kill what we do to take away from and it's just like again, if you don't, if you're not flexible on defense, you're not offense. And I would imagine if you guys had Randy Moss come through your school, you'd probably throw it a little bit more. We would definitely try and throw the ball downfield. There is no, there is zero question on that. I, I to me, it's that's now, about the only way you can do it. You know. Now Randy better block his ass off downfield. Though I'm telling you that right now, he better get to a safety. <laughs> safety when we crack an arc or he's not going to get the ball thrown to him but then again i probably would you know probably put him he in could, on third down okay well i was saying if not he could transfer to my school and i'd throw it to him every down yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely you're just, yeah you're gonna you, you gotta be flexible you know it just it's just the days of lining up and what you do and running the same stuff it just you know, you some some years you got the kids to do that. Some years you don't. If you always have them, then you know more power to you. Yeah, then you can be blind. You can just turn around and hand it off, and you don't even have to coach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I tell our defensive guys all the time. I say, you know, you guys got it easy. When you're better than the other team, you just blink your way to a win. You know, you know, you just you're not signaling anything in. You're letting the kids play. You know, offensive guys they always got to be moving and then making adjustments no matter what. So, I give our defensive guys a hard time about that. Coach, one of the funny things I've always – not funny, just something I never thought of was when uh, Coach Broyles was at Pitt State, uh, Mark Broyles, the one I coached with, when he was playing there, he talked about, like, they would go over cadence, like, daily. Like, they'd get the quarterbacks well, in there, and it would be, like, a big, big deal. Like, had to be perfect. Made all their second, third, fourth-string quarterbacks all be perfect. It was, like – part of like a 30-minute meeting, I don't know, every day, but a lot of the time. Is that, is that the same thing for you guys as far as it's a big deal? It is. It's, it is one of the biggest deals we have because our motions 
are based off sound, you know. Now, they're going to be different based off kids mm-hmm. a little bit, you know. He runs really, really well. He can leave a little later, you know. We got a kid who might not run as well. He's going to leave a little earlier. But, you know, when we, when we teach in the beginning of the deal, it's based off that, you know. And, and we our cadence is very simple. So it also affects the offensive line. You know, if the offensive line is used to ready and then a, a one-second pause and then go, your quarterbacks, if, especially if you change one out, they better have the same darn thing or they're going to be coming off the ball. You know, and they're not wrong. The offensive line is not wrong on that deal because they're trained. There's muscle memory there. So we really practice that and preach that big time. That's, it doesn't matter what quarterback you are. You better come in with the same exact cadence because it's going to make the backs wrong. <laughs> and more importantly, it's going to screw the guys up front. Up. And that's where we don't want mistakes. See, I love that. I love that you say that. I love that Coach Broyles was telling me that because uh, everyone always says that's the one thing that offensive linemen have over everyone else. And um, it now, uh, obviously, with the spread offenses, it doesn't get used at all. You know, a lot of them are going off of even silent count, so you lose even that. But even with um, the audible, uh, the audible uh, snap count, you still don't, aren't getting um, what you should out of it if your quarterbacks and everyone's not on the exact same page with the same pauses and different things like that. You know, I know with Coach Broyles, it was like they had two options. They could either go regular, go, or opposite, go. And that was, that was it. It was just like <laughs> that. And the, the one thing that amazed me was like, geez, you better know both plays really quick because there's no calling any – anything out it's opposite go and they're rolling but he could still to this day i can't remember how long ago he played but could still do the cadence exactly right i mean it was drilled into their heads yeah and we're 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 kind of the same way about that i mean uh, we're such a you know you so our kids are used to that and you you put another guy in and there's just if it's just half a second long you know, the O-line is now, wait, wh- why are we going? You right. know, we, we're telling them, the G to go, they better be off their stance and into somebody. You know, and then all of a sudden you've got confusion. And we all know you start confusing guys, especially up front. You're in, you're in a world of hurt. Yes. I, there's a couple of teams up here that do it, uh, Harper and Coach. It, it, our, our guys know, you know, obviously their staff. So, like, hey, here's how they run their cadence. This is how they do it. So, I'm running the scout team. And you're trying to get them to do this different new cadence. Oh, and it, awesome. it, oh dude, it just it is just torture for me. And I'm just like, really? Okay. How about we just get like twenty five reps instead of our guys trying to listen to the snap count? Aren't you guys watching well, we, movement movement keys and the football and all that stuff that, anyway? I mean I'm like, like we're we we run we've run into that too. Like I'm like we're you know, I we're familiar with everybody in our league and, and, and some of the teams in the playoffs. But we understand that. But, yeah, trying to teach that, it's like trying to run screen period against the live defense. There's always going to be – you know, there's going to be an all – you know, we call them all Madden players. There's yeah. going to be an all Madden D line, and you're going to run a, a screen off slide protection, and you're going to make the mistake of running it twice in a row, mm-hmm. and this – this all Madden guy is going to pick the damn ball off on screen period and run the other way for, you know, and I'm thinking we, it's infuriating, you know, and so we just, we're going to practice screens against cones. 
that way we can get a look because we're going to, you know, and it's the same way with trying to teach a cadence to guys who already understand one. It's just banging your head against the wall. Dude, I, it, it, would, it would just drive me insane. Like, no, 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 no. Hey, here's the thing. I'm like, can we just run some plays? I want to try to get yeah, home before react, 8 o'clock tonight. <laughs> yeah, please react off the movement of the block, not the cadence. You know, it's not going to be guaranteed. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, coach, the other thing I was I was wanting to talk to you about, I've been excited because I actually just uh, sold my bow because it was way too small for me. I haven't used it in a long time, but you're uh, you're always getting to shoot your bow out, and, and it looks like it sometimes in your in your um, neighbor's backyard. Sometimes you say so. Uh, what what got you into that? Have you always shot your bow? And and I saw today on well, Twitter you were you had a, a nice little uh, nice little patchwork. Yeah, you know. Um... I've always been, I've always grown up hunting, you know, we we were in a fan our family was big time bird hunters and uh, big time deer hunters. And that's how, that was all the meat we had in college was we, we would just pack it full, you know, late season dough. We, we'd go home with seven does and process it ourselves and we'd live off that in college. And, um, you know, that, that time is kind of taken up by football. You know, unfortunately I don't have time to go bow hunt anymore. I'm hoping my my my, aunt, my oldest boy will this year, um, but but the main reason why I'm shooting a lot of archery right now is one, our homeowners association won't let me shoot skeet in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah, I would rather do that honestly, but they they frown upon a lot of things I do. <laughs> uh, they really frown upon that, you know. Which I don't understand because I'm paying them. You know, I'm paying my dues. I should get a little bit of freedom. <laughs> exactly. I say the same thing. <laughs> I will, you know, like we, we don't have a, we don't have a back neighbor, you know, we back up to a pond and, you know, and I've got a, I got a, I'm hiking out there with a 3D deer target and I'm shooting at 60 yards and, you know, I'm shooting across the neighbor's fence sometimes, and, you know, I, I, it's just one of those things. It, the thing I love about it is you, you have to be in any boat, any, any guy in archery or bow hunting will tell you, you just have to completely shut your mind off. You know, you, you have to be completely focused on so many little tiny movements. It really helps take my mind off, you know, everything else that's going on to get that arrow to go where I want it, you know? And, and it's it's gotten to a point now where it's, it's you know it's it's you know almost therapeutic in the fact that I just go out there and I shoot you know like today I shot thirty six or thirty nine arrows you know that was good you know and there'll be some days where I shoot a little bit more but it's just that way to break the tension I mean you know as a head coach and, and you know and even you know especially the good assistants who, who take pride in their job I know you guys feel it. That pressure never goes away. It doesn't matter what month it is or, mm-hmm. or where you are in the season. That pressure is always there, you know, you know, based off how you did in the weight room or how you did, you know, understanding things. And, you know, so it's a way for me to kind of unwind and just focus on that one thing. Because if I'm thinking about the staff meeting we had last night, then I'm not going to shoot a night. Uh, the arrow's going to be off target. That's going to piss me off. So, you know, it's one of those things that I've just kind of gotten into again, 
and I got away from it and then got back into it. Both my boys shoot now, and uh, you know it, it it does. It takes it takes it's a nice little break for me. Well, that's what I was, was going to say. I'd always heard that because I listen to uh, obviously I've always said it, but I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, and he brings oh, up yeah. uh, you know archers, and then he's into archery as well and and bow hunting, but. Um, the kind of same thing he says, you know, you got to be fully ingrained in it. It's like a, to him, it's like a meditation thing. I don't know if I'd go that far or whatever, but um, may, maybe so. But uh, it always seemed cool, and, and uh, I had one when I was younger, but grew out of it and haven't got one again. But it always looks so much fun uh, when you post those on Twitter. So I'm glad you do because oh, – I love it. it. And then I, you're I, and then you're I making the homeowners it. mad, and that makes me happy too. And so, although <laughs> just the whole thing just gets me in a good mood when I get to see that. Yeah, my neighbors, it's it's a well known fact that they hate. I mean, <laughs> it, it is just a, a a known quantity that these people despise me. They love my kids. They'll talk to them, but they hate me. <laughs> I mean, because I'm out there, you know. You know, we had a friend of ours, got, you know, I got into making benches out of tree trunks one time. And so I got the chainsaw running at two in the morning, you know, and of course they didn't like that. I don't, you know, so there's all kinds of different ways to get in trouble with the HOA, you know, and I've, I've discovered most of them. But no, it, it, I, I love it just because it just, it's just a way to relax and I can, and it doesn't have to be a, a long time, you know, you know, some guys go play golf and that's, that's to me, that's two and a half, three hours. That's a long, that's a time commitment. You know, <laughs> I can go out and I can shoot, you know, 10 arrows and, and feel a little bit better and be, be a little bit more relaxed. So that's, that's me with guns too, man. Go to the range. I just think it's something about, you know, whether it's shooting an arrow, shooting a gun, or for me, I, I love going to the golf course, but just hitting the ball. It, to Absolutely. me, it's just, it's just something about being a guy and, you know, a lot of, a lot of women and, and a lot of people just don't understand it. I don't know. It's just something we like to do. <laughs> well, and we, 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 we do shoot a lot of clays. I mean, we have, we, you know, we've got a, we've got an automatic thrower out there. and We will shoot a lot of clays, but like, again, I said, <laughs> It's a little harder to do that inside the city limits and get away with it. You might get away with the one, you know, but that, don't, you know, that, that follow-up shot is always a problem. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's awesome. Well, well, Coach, we're coming up on an hour. Uh, it's been awesome, but can I ask you what I ask everybody, which is um, you're watching another offensive line play. What's something they'd be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive line, Coach? Let me finish block. You know, I, I think that's, I think how, how guys, you know, I think you can, you can coach that aggression into a kid and, and taking pride in finishing that block. And, and we, we run a lot of drills that are seven, that are based on seven yards. You know, our goal is to get movement, get to somebody in seven yards. So when I see an offensive line come off the ball and lock on, whether it be a double zone double or, or a true double team or a, or a base block, and they finish a block at seven-plus yards, I know that kid has been coached by someone who's passionate about offensive line play. Because there's nothing better than watching your kids go out there and just road grade somebody, you know? <laughs> I mean, that, mm -hmm. I, I, I get fired up, you know, to watch our offensive line. Last year's offensive line play, because 
that's what they did best, you know, come off the ball and finish people, you know, and, and I think that's when you can tell if they've been coached passionately by how they finish that ball. Coach, one final question. Uh, Big Lebowski or Tombstone? Better movie. Oh, oh man. That is a tough – that's like <laughs> – that is a tough – man, I, I, would, I would have to go uh, – I would have to go with Tombstone. Yeah. Only, only, only <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I'm there for the violence of it. Now, there's some violent parts in Lebowski. You hit in the gut with, with a bowling ball, you know. The, <laughs> a nylon's gets good for the bowling ball. That's always a good thing. But yeah, yeah Tombstone. I, I think Tombstone. That that's that's a go-to Marinelli movie right there. It's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not a fair question because we both know they're both A pluses. Just had to put you on the absolutely. spot a little bit. Absolutely. That 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 they're both desert island movies. You're gonna take both top. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.